Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to a very special best of episode of the Believe in Badger Football podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, presented by betonline.ag. Today, we'll be sharing with you some of our best interviews and quotes from the past year of guests that we've had on the show. Hope you enjoy it. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs, fights, and even next season's futures. And don't forget that the MLB is back as well. Who are you going to pick to the World Series? Head on over to betonline.ag to put in your best bets now. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started. Head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. First up, Bernie and I are joined by Scott Starks to talk about... First up, Bernie and I are joined by former cornerback Scott Starks who shared with us the way that he ended up at Wisconsin and what his official visit was like. Yeah, so it's going all the way back to, I think, the original guy that went to Wisconsin from my high school. He may have been the first. It's Terrell Fletcher. Yeah, that's what I thought. Right. So Terrell, I grew up watching Terrell. He played with, with my cousin. And then from there, we had just a host of other guys. My, my brother's best friend went there, Charles Williams, a couple other guys. And then, you know, of course, Jamar. And then, you know, I remember going on to my recruiting visit and Jamar was my host. And um, I had already, recruit, already committed to Northwestern at the time. And Coach Alvey commit, convinced me to come up on a recruiting visit. Recruiting visit was terrible. I mean, it was absolutely horrible. Um, my, my plane was delayed. It was uh, snow everywhere. You know, you walk to the stadium, they show you your jersey. My jersey didn't even pop up. They're like, uh, okay, well, let's just go eat. <laughs> so... And so I'm the only one at this point because everybody else had, was already, you know, moved along further during the trip. And so um, when it came to me linking up with Fletch, he's like, what do you want to do? You want to go somewhere? You want to do this? I was like, I just really want to watch film. That's it. Just give me some one-on-ones. I'll just sit here. He's like, you sure? And I'm like, yeah. So I sat there and I watched film and just one-on-ones over and over. And he's like, so what you think? I was like, I want to go here. He's like, all right. I was like, I'm leaving. I'm leaving after this year. And you can wear number two. You probably end up starting and, you know, it's yours. You, you take the reins and run with it. And I'm like, cool. So I went in, talked to Alvy the next day. I'm like, I'm going to be a Badger for sure. He's like, you sure? I'm like, definitely. This is where I need to be. And so went in, came award number two and ended up starting my freshman year. Had a had a, had a decent freshman year, but um, enough to get me going and, and get started towards a, toward a pretty solid career. Dude, that's how it's, that's how it came to be. You just sat in the yeah. room watching film with Fletch. That's that's it. And, you know, we had Mike Eccles was in the other room. <laughs> yep. That's all I want to do was just watch one on ones. And then who can I get excited about Wisconsin but from watching Jamar Fletcher? Like he, he's an exciting guy. He's going to make plays. He's going to talk stuff. He's got mad swagger, but he's going to back it up. So um, that that was a you know, that that was my start to Wisconsin at that point. So wait, hold on. That, and that's how you got number two. Originally, to be honest, I want to wear number five. Um, because I was five in high school and I knew coming in Brooks Bolger had number five. So I was talking to Fletch and I'm like, I don't know what number I want to wear. He's like, come get number two. And I wore number two previously when I was a sophomore in high school because of Charles Woodson. And uh, he said, come wear number two. You got number two. 
the spot's yours. It's open. You be you and Mike X back there. Go get it. Next up, we've got Nick Herbig, the outstanding outside linebacker of the current team, who talks about how he made his journey from Hawaii to Wisconsin. So your so your junior year, senior year, you dominate. When do coaches start coming around? Who are like what schools are your top? How did how does and then how does Wisconsin become one of those schools? Um, it was really like going into my junior year and I, I went to a bunch of camps over the summer and I started getting a little bit of some offers, you know, um, and then starting my junior year after like a first couple, like three or four games, I remember, uh, I get this uh, notification on Twitter that, uh, coach Inoke Brechterfield and coach April followed me on this, on a uh, Twitter. I had no idea who they were. I, so I clicked on it. But I just thought I said coach. So I clicked on it in Wisconsin. I was like, Wisconsin? And I was like, oh, why are they following me? And then I was like, cool, whatever. I followed them back. And then instantly, like, Coach Inoke, like, DM me. He was like, hey, Nick, like, give me a call. So called them and, you know, kind of just – they're like, we want to offer you, like, we think you could fit in perfectly here. Like, we run the same defense, this and that. And I was like, at the time, I was just like, I was just so blessed to get an offer, you know. So I was just like, thank you for the offer. But I kind of just like, was like, there's no way I'm going there. Like, after I got off the phone, I was like, I'm not going to Wisconsin. Like, I, I you know what I mean? Like, I couldn't even point to where it is on the map. So I was like, well, I, I didn't, all I knew was that, uh, JJ Watt and TJ Watt went there. That's all I knew. And like, cause I was a big fan of them. Like JJ Watt, especially like growing up, like I always watched him all the time when he played for the Texans. And, uh, so that's all I knew about them. Like I didn't even know Russell Wilson went there. I didn't know none of that. And then, you know, so time went by, you know, my junior year went by and it was, it was around that summer going into my senior year. And, uh, uh, I knew I wanted to graduate early. I knew I wanted to early enroll, so I wanted to start narrowing down my schools and kind of pick one before the season started, you know, so I didn't have to worry about that. So um, it was one of my friends, uh, Jacob Russell. I remember he was uh, at my house and we're talking about it. And he was like, he's like, I think you should like go take your visit to Wisconsin, bro. I was like, I was like, why? And he was like, I don't know. He's like, just go see, like it's big 10, like, even if you don't go there, like, you know, you get to see what it's like. Like, it's a whole different world. Like, so I called my brother and I was like, he's like, yeah, like, I think you should go this and that. So I was kind of like, okay, like, you know, maybe let's see. And my brother's roommate, actually, when he first was at the Eagles, was TJ Edwards. So TJ Edwards was like, like, dude, you're going to love it. Like, you're probably going to end up going there, this and that. I was like, okay. So I, uh, I take my visit and I don't know, I just, I fell in love with it. You know, Chris Orr was my host, um, I had a time of my life and I ended up committing at Coach Chris' house. So yeah, that's kind of how I ended up here and it's crazy. You know, I look back at it, it feels like just like the other week I was doing that, but I'm going on my junior year. Your friend saved us, uh, you know, some heartache with, if you didn't show up. I mean, that's amazing that, you know, your friend just is like, dude, you should just, go take your trip to Wisconsin. Yeah. I mean, do, do you ever like look back and go, wow, that one conversation like started this thing in motion that turned out to where you are today? Yeah. You know, I look, I look at it all the time and I was just telling him, I just saw him the other day and when we were talking about it, I was like, bro, if it wasn't for you, like, I don't know if I'd like, I wouldn't have took my visit. So. It, so cool. And I mean, this is the things that are so cool. That's why Matt P and I like love doing this is, you know, I love doing it because you know, you're my brother, you play for the Badgers. Like we have this alumni, but these are things nobody knows. Right. And it's so special to share. So, but who else was on the board? Like who was like Michigan there was USC there Were there other big schools and, and Wisconsin was number one to connect, to basically connect with you. Um, I mean, Wisconsin was really my only Big Ten offer at the time. Like, uh, that was probably my biggest offer. And, I mean, USC was up there. Stanford, obviously, because my brother went to Stanford. So they were just there automatically. And, and Washington, probably. But 
I really wanted to stay like close to home, actually. Like I wanted to stay on the West Coast so my family could come watch me. And it was warm, you know. I mean, it was, a, yeah. But um, I don't know. I just it felt really. I felt it felt different when I came on my visit, and I just like this is something that I want. Like I never felt this before, and it just felt right in my heart. So good, dude. And, and we are very happy to have you. When you when you come on your visit, Chris Orr's your host, which that guy's a special guy. Do you mm-hmm. meet who else do you meet on that visit? That special. And do you sit down with like Jimmy Leonard to talk about, you know, your impact, potential impact? Yeah. Um, you know, Jonathan Taylor was actually with us like almost the whole week. So I, I was like, I was being like a fanboy. I still am like a fanboy of him, but um, yeah, a pretty funny story. We we're walking in the locker room, me and uh, Coach April and Chris and whatever. And JT's in there and he's like, has his shirt off and he's by his locker this is like my first day here and I was like who is that and and they're like they're like oh that's Jonathan Taylor I was like that's the running back like John, that's Jonathan Taylor and they're like yeah dude this guy looked like a middle linebacker I was like oh my gosh like this is Big Ten football like because in high school I was like 195 pounds so I was like oh I'm gonna have to tackle guys like this if I come here <laughs> <laughs> yeah but um no then I sat down with Coach April and Coach Leonard and it's kind of cool. They had this little cut up of like they would show like one of my plays from high school, then they'd show a play from like Zach Bond or somebody on UW, like the very next play, and then it would just go back and forth, you know. So it was that is fascinating. Really cool. Yeah. And so and so I'm I call him Jimmy because he's my friend, but Coach Leonard basically is he's like, dude, this could be you. Yeah. Yeah, they basically said, like, this is this is how we see you fitting in our defense. And so I only sat in Coach Alvarez's house with like a thousand pictures of all these football guys, all these trophies, everything. What's Coach Chris? Because you go, for people who don't know, on your host, on your visit, I'm sorry, you go and eat lunch basically the last day at the house. And Coach Chris or Coach Alvy, for me, brings everyone in individually and is like, we want to offer you a scholarship. So what, mm-hmm. Nick, what was that like to sit in, to be in Coach Chris' house, to sit in his office if that's where he does it? And what was that? I mean, that must have been such a great feeling for you. Yeah, you know, his house is sick. Like, he has, like <laughs> a, bunch of, he has a bunch of jerseys hung up and signed, and he has a pool, and he has all types of stuff. So, you know, it's kind of just cool because, like, your family gets to be there too, so – like my mom and dad were there and it was just, it was just really cool. And they got to connect with the coaches, you know, for me, I just wanted my mom and dad to be like comfortable where I'm at, you know, especially this far away from home. Like I didn't want them to have to worry about me. Like I wanted them to know that I was in good hands. So it, it was really special. And next we've got Owen Daniels talking with Bernie about the times that they lived together and some of their antics while hosting other players on official visits. Yeah. You and I really got, close at camp when we went to camp seminary? i feel like we spent at the seminary um we spent like every second together out like outside of meeting rooms because you were with the cues and i was with the, the running backs but i feel like we spent so much time together then we were roommates which was hilarious because we was- we were with isaac blue and matt lawrence on the other side and they didn't have a tv so they just sat in our room all the time <laughs> yeah. and watched tv it's like we'd be yeah. sleeping at like 7 8 o'clock sometimes because we had to wake up at five o'clock to go to lift. Isaac would just be in there watching till like midnight. <laughs> we we're like, dude, come on, man. <laughs> Gotta get out of here. Yeah. Um, I see your gray shirt, man. What the hell, dude? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, gray shirted. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, man, you can't be in oh. here at two o'clock in the morning watching TV. Yeah, man. Some of my like <clears throat> Like I, I will, some memories are burned into my mind from that, from that room. And, um, the, the, I just, uh, one of, one of the memories was, uh, watching the Oregon game. We had like a little watch party in our room. It was a, it was uh, a later game. Uh, I don't know if it was the night game out West, but it was in Madison and, um, it was a hell of a game. You know, we ended up taking an L, but um, that was that was pretty cool. I'll, I'll never forget watching that with the with the guys and little mini party in there. I mean, we put as many people in that room as we could fit. Yeah. 
capacity <laughs> for sure. But we were getting yelled at too. We got yelled at a bunch, but uh, I yeah. remember, um, OD, you were Stocko's um, guide. That's not right. Tour guide for when he came. And I just remember like taking a shy, young John Stocko who never said a word to like the bars. Stock, man. Uh, well, you know, we call that the, uh, the, um, uh, like his host for host. his official visit. Oh, yeah. We're host. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't have done it alone. You know, we needed, it was a, it was a team effort. So, um, that was always like my, my official visit was nerve wracking. I was like, I wasn't, uh, I didn't drink in high school and, um, and so I, that was just a little bit, uh, I, I was a little, it was a little bit awkward for me um, when I was coming in, but so I could understand. I never really tried to like make guys too uncomfortable in those situations because you want you want a guy to like see what's available and not make them feel like they have to participate. They don't feel comfortable at the time, but um, so I think we did a decent job with stock and <laughs> <up> coming through. <laughs> <laughs> he might be the only guy that I got when I hosted to come and he wasn't my guy. He was yours. I don't <laughs> think anyone ever came uh, when I hosted them. <clears throat> Sorry. Well, I don't, I feel bad. Like hey. stop giving me this kid. The kids like it's between Wisconsin and Georgetown. I'm like, dude, I'm not the guy. Like, don't, that guy doesn't want me. He wants like Chris Presley. who's like a genius. Like, don't. <laughs> yeah. Hey. yeah. Sure. And uh, I can't. Who was the uh, the recruiting guy? I can't remember. Was it Sims? That's Sims. Sound. Yeah, Jeremy Sims. Sims. Jeremy Sims. He like burn. This guy had the best time of his life with you, and then would would um, verbally commit the next day somewhere else. <laughs> I, guess what? I cannot. I will not survive there. <laughs> oh man. Uh, man, there's a there's a wide receiver who ended up going to Oklahoma State. Um, Black Blackman, Justin uh, Blackman, Justin Blackman. He was like, he had a visit uh, in Madison, and that was like his response. He's like, nope, <laughs> 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 oh, I will not survive. <laughs> I gotta go somewhere else. <laughs> hey, it's not for everybody. You know, not, I mean, Madison is not for everyone. Okay. Next up, John Stocko recounts one of the most memorable plays in Badger history. His quarterback draw to beat Michigan under the lights. But my lasting memory of John Stocko, uh, your junior year was my sophomore year, and is the the game under the lights against Michigan. Uh, that is, uh, you know, as far as in-person experiences, uh, I, I've told Bernie this, my, my two favorite experiences as a Badger fan in, in Camp Randall are Bernie's game against Penn State and your quarterback sneak. Your quarterback sneak might be my single favorite play that I was in the stadium for. Uh, so walk us through that game because Michigan was a top 10 team at that time. It was it was a huge, huge game. And, you know, just walk us through, you know, that game and then, you know, that last play at the end to go on and, and beat Michigan. I love that. That's such a great memory that you have of that game. That's awesome. Uh, that, that was, that was a fun one. You know, Michigan's always a big game and uh, I, it seemed like up until that point, we hadn't had a lot of success against Michigan. Uh, so to win that one was, was big, but, uh, but yeah, in that game, so that, that Michigan defense had a bunch of guys that were uh, like juniors that the following year in 2006, they were just one of the best defenses in the country. They had Lamar Woodley, maybe Alan branch D tackle inside Leon hall. So Woodley, Leon hall, first round picks um, branch was a monster. They had another linebacker that was really, really good. So really good defense. And uh, yeah, going into that. Yeah. So that game was a close game. You know, Chad Henney is a really good quarterback. They had some good receivers. They were making some big plays um, close game, you know, most of the game. And, uh, and then we get towards, the end of the game and that last drive um, Calhoun carried us as he did a lot of times that year. He was a beast. And uh, so he got us down into scoring range. We get down to five yard line. I think it was. And first down through an incomplete pass, second down through an incomplete pass. So third and five. And uh, 
I remember thinking, all right, what do we got? Because, you know, we signaled in the plays. So the backup quarterbacks, you know, every hand signal, one hand signal was a shift. Another hand signal was motion. Another hand signal was a formation, so on and so forth. So, you know, it was a series of, you know, hand signals. I remember thinking, all right, you know, what do they got? And I'm waiting for the signal to come in. I'm thinking it's probably going to be like a spider, which is like a a bunch pass play that, you know, works pretty well um, in, in, in that zone of the field, you know? And uh, so I'm kind of expecting that to come in. And uh, all of a sudden I see the signal and it's Trey Wright 70. And uh, I, and I, I saw the signal and I was like, what, what play is this? It took me like two seconds. I'm like, Oh, quarterback draw. What? All right, let's go. And uh, cause you know, quarterback, I mean, I ran a five, one That's a play that like you put in on the second day of fall camp. I run it once and you're like, all right, that's enough of that. <laughs> you know, like we don't, we don't need that play anymore. We'll save that for next year when, when Tyler Donovan uh, is the quarterback and can actually run. Uh, so I was, it took me a second. I was like, Oh, quarterback draw. All right. So I remember thinking like, this is third and five, 20 seconds left Michigan. Like, I don't care who's standing there. Like I'm running somebody over, I'm trucking somebody and drop back. Great blocking. It's like parting of the red sea ran right. At, thank God there was nobody there. Cause if there's like a, one of Michigan's linebackers there, I would have got smoked, but, <laughs> but uh, my mindset was like, I'm, I'm running somebody over, but um, luckily I don't even think I got touched. Um, and then I just remember like immediately after I crossed the end zone, like OD uh, Dominic, everybody just mobbed me, like swarmed me. Uh, I'm running off the field. Like my ears were like almost ringing. I was like, this is one of the loudest. <laughs> it was like right there in the end zone. You're like right there next to the first row of fans. It's and, the loudest uh, I ever remember the stadium. Oh man. It, it was, it was so loud. And then coming off the field, just guys were just going crazy, man. Like, like seeing the smile on everybody's faces is just such a great experience um and and just beating michigan was big because like i said i I don't think we had a lot of success with them uh against them in 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 previous years so yeah and and personally i was was sitting next to one of my friends who went to michigan came to came for the game and was in we were in section o and he was like the one person wearing michigan gear in section o and he just had to like hang his head and just (laughs) take all of the verbal abuse from the entirety of the section so that was that was a lot of fun yeah, you're, just what that, a what a what a play call. Because <laughs> I mean, well, no one's expecting no, it. No, Literally no, no one is expecting it. No, I, I didn't even know what the play was at first. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Because because yeah. I, I, I wasn't in the huddle. So but but I used to watch the quarterbacks do the hand signals. So I you pick up on things, which is kind of funny because I can't pick up on a language, but I could pick up on these hand signals and I knew the ones to look out for. Right, John, like, I was like, oh, no, did they just call this play again? Come on, man, 122 slide draw? Come on. Because they did the one was your hand and the two. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was slide draw, and I was like, no, this is the 30th time in a row. And it's just ISO, me on the middle linebacker. You know, I remember 30 zone for the pullback. Yeah. Oh, man, I that remember all so these. so funny. I mean, it's that funny. It's so funny that you pick, <laughs> you pick up on them. <laughs> You pick up on them because that's, you know, the pass plays were easy to understand. You're like, I didn't know what they were. I just knew it was a pass play at some point. But, yeah. um, well, and even, dude, and even in, in, in practice, like we'll be going against, all right, it's time where we go ones on ones. And, uh, I'll be looking over to the signals and, uh, I'll kind of in the, in the corner of my eye, I'll see Stellmacher, you know, for, you know safety. Yeah. <laughs> Also looking at the quarterback, I'm like, Stelly, stop looking over there, man. Like, come on. It, you know <laughs> what? It's funny because yeah. they would get the script too. I feel like the defense always had our script for inside run and knew exactly what – we never changed the plays. Like the first, the first play was always a zone. 21 personnel. It was zone right or left with a little bit of motion maybe every single time. John, John Welsh and I, J-Dub, we would hit each other and be like, dude, every time the first hit was like – we would both win if that could happen because we knew the play every single time. Then it was like a power. And I'm like, you guys are cheating. Yeah. Like Jimmy Leonard couldn't get blocked because there was no one to block him. It was nine on eight, basically. 
They called it nine on nine because the quarterback, he can't block anybody. Jimmy made every play. I was like, dude, you just know it's a run and you have the script. Somebody's telling you these, like the cheat code. So oh, yeah. de- defense, defense was constantly cheating. If, yeah. if you move the ball at all, when we're in ones on ones, it's like, that, that's a, that's a big win. Cause like they know what play is coming. They, they know exactly what you're going to do. And I guess there's an element to that. It's like, as an offense, we don't really care. We're still going to run power. <laughs> we're going to run power to 2004, Bernie, uh, Ohio state. We had the lead last drive. I think we were, I think we ran power 13 times in a row. Oh, for it, sure. it was power left, power, right. Power, left, fire Panther, ice Panther. Left, and right. it worked every time. <laughs> yeah. Ran the clock out. Yeah. Yeah. I remember getting the ball. I even got a power at the end of that game. I think I mean, you did. I, I did. did. I got it for yeah. 13 yards. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I did my job, man. Like, AD, come back in, man. I'm, I don't want to play this position anymore. Here's Antaj Hawthorne talking about how the defensive line unit that he played with pushed each other to greatness. So in the locker room, it looked like a big, like box U. And I sat in the back right corner, let's say. And in front of, so I loved my seat. I think we had the most crazy, like, corridor. It was you, Mike Eccles, J-Dub sat next to me, John Welsh. I think Delante McGrew sat there also. It was Lee Evans, Dantes. And I just remember you and Tez, like, feeding off each other, just talking crap to every single person in that corridor. And it was like, I just remember sitting back and just, and Mike, Mike Allen was there too, the kicker. Mm-hmm. He, I think was back there and just sitting there and just watching like this show. And it was just so funny. So Tosh, when you say like you came in with a big head, but you rightfully so though, like you were probably one of the best recruits that Wisconsin almost might've ever recruited kind of deserved it. And then you played like it though. It wasn't like you came in, you know, huffing and puffing and then did nothing. Like you were a starter for four years. You dominated and that's what I loved about you. I, I love that you would talk smack on the field, get it done, come into the locker room, talk smack there. And it just, I just, it's so good to see you. And it's so like, just fun to think about those moments. Like that was the, that was my favorite time. Just sitting there watching people talk and BSing with everybody. The locker room. I mean, it, it, it it's a lot of people don't, if you don't play sports, you know, you don't, you don't know what the locker room is like. It's hard to kind of describe it, but the camaraderie, the jokes and just being comfortable with everyone, being able to, you know, just have fun. I mean, this, oh man, you talking about on the field stuff. And I mean, I did talk a lot of trash. I, I, I did talk a lot of trash and I think it also, not only did it, you know, I, I believe it pushed me because, you know, not only did I, you know, I'm over here talking talking trash, but I also got to back it up, right? And, you know, um, Coach Palermo wasn't one of those guys just, you know, just to let you go out there and, and slack either, you know? So it was, it, it, it was, it was coming from, it was coming from a D-line coach. You know, G-A-T-A was one of our, uh, that's how we broke our huddle. It was get after their ass. You know what I mean? So it was, I always felt like we're, you know, those guys on the other side, man, those, those are the enemy. You know what I mean? We got to go ahead. We got to cut the head off of this snake. We got to go out there. We got to get after the rats. And it was always, you know what I mean? Like, I want to get everybody else pumped up, too. So, like, when I'm talking, everybody else is getting pumped up, too. Right? And I remember the defensive line, uh, me, JJ, J-Dub out there, and, you know, uh, Rats, we would, like dust each other's shoes off and like, you know, pip, pop the collars and all kinds of stuff. Like when we're out there, talk trash to everybody. And you just want to create that atmosphere of killers, really. You know what I mean? And and go out there and, and dominate, you know, it's and have fun while you do it. Were you that way in high school too? Were you talking trash in high school? I mean, I'm sure it was a lot easier to talk trash in high school because you were, you know, the competition in high school is not nearly the same as in the Big Ten. And when you're your size and athletic ability, you know, you, you could talk a lot of smack and pretty easily back it up. Yeah, well, high school, you know, what, what gets me is when the guy across from me starts running his mouth. You know, and in, in high school, it wasn't really too many people running their mouth. It was more like, you know, what are we going to do? You, you know what I mean? It's, they're making sure their chin straps are tight and, you know, it's it's, it's a whole different game. But in, in college, you know, 
you could be a freshman going against a, a, a senior that's about to go into the draft next year, you know, or you're going against another guy that made all Big Ten, stuff like that. And, you know, sometimes you need to pump yourself up, you know. Sometimes you need to go out there, you know, talk some trash, get him to say something, get him to get you mad, you know, because sometimes you play better when you're mad. And I was going to say some people, you know, when their, t- their tanks are empty, they tap into that last little bit, you know, the last little bit of uh, ass kicker that they have left or whatever, you know, to be able to go ahead and make another play. Tons of people take multivitamins, but it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. Their special blend of ingredients support gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's also lifestyle-friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. Reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash believe. Athletic Greens. Take ownership of your health. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Next up is All-American linebacker Leo Chanel, who talks about how his brother is the toughest blocker for him to get around. I got to ask you, when did death row start? Um, you know, it, it started before my time. And it's funny because it, Chris actually started it. Like, he's the one that originally founded it. Um, but, you know, I was probably the first one to write it on Sharpie in my arm um, for a game. Um, but it definitely started with Chris because, you know, he embodied it better than anybody for sure. You, then you have to, like, back it up when you write it down. So oh, how, yeah. how tough is – I mean, you legitimately – tell me, do you think there was any time that you didn't back it up? Because I could say that it, it from watching, it looked like you backed it up in every single game. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like, personally, like, for me, I'm looking at, like, you know, I could have done better every game. So I, I can't really judge, you know. So I saw you play at – I went to three games this year. The only one that really – was special was the army game dude you, how, are those plays called when you're in a gap blitzing and tackling everyone is that like a jimmy leonard like you're gonna do this or is that like leo saying i watch so much film i can just do this and and i'm that good no i mean i, I wish it was like the second one but but uh no we, we had it you know schemed up like that just the way their like their splits were so wide and they had a consistent tempo every single time it was the same cadence and that's why they got, I got caught on that, uh, that offsides at one time. They were like, oh, we got you. I'm like, you guys have never, you've never changed up your offense in your whole history. Why are you doing that to me? Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was planned. But what, so what's it like, you know, we, I don't remember doing a lot of that stuff. What's it like for you to be like constantly going against linemen downhill, you know, blitzing a ton. We'll talk about that. And then I definitely, you know, Jimmy's one of my favorite people. I have so many funny things to tell you about him, but, um, and then, so I want, I want to ask you that question. Then I want to talk about Jimmy. And then I know Maddie P like I go off on tangents. I want to talk about the season and what you see moving forward. There's a lot to go on, but what's it like playing in a gap, like a ton? Um, you know, I like it. It's like, it's just all the drills we do in the off season. It's like, we spend so much, like so many hours just hitting that, like the punching bag, like boom, 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 over and over and over again. And it's just like, it just feels so natural, you know, like, and you know, I feel like I can hold my own for, for the most part. And, uh, you know, it, it just played to my strengths a lot. So what has Jimmy Leonard meant to you and your progression as a linebacker? And, and what is like, how does he go about his, his business? Cause when I knew Jimmy, he just played the way he played, like he didn't really, wasn't a rah-rah guy, but yeah. he had, I mean, he was nuts in his own mind, like they never said anything, never did anything crazy, but he, I don't know if you know this, if you ever watched him, he never fair caught a punt. I didn't know that. No, that we put our best guys in punt return and we had like, Jimmy was like, I'm just going to catch it and run every single time. And he basically did that. Oh, wow. 
<laughs> I didn't yeah. know. That's funny. It's crazy. So what, what, what's Jimmy Leonard do for your game? Um, you know, a lot of it, like he, like he's more like hands-on with the DBs and safeties. Like a lot of what he says is being passed down through Boasted. Um, you know, I, I'd meet with him off, you know, whatever on my own sometimes, but a lot of what he does is through Boasted. But, you know, when I am talking to him, he's, he's so smart and explaining like the details on the, why we do things, um, you know, playing to each individual strength, like, you know, putting me up in the A gap like that. Um, you know, activating certain people, changing up the calls, tweaking them just a little bit for every opponent. So I got the privilege to, you know, be a part of that. So, you, and so you mentioned both that, and now he's moving back to O-line, but what, yeah. what, would, what's, I hear he's a, a fantastic coach and oh, he's yeah. like, get in your face. You know, when I was getting coached, it was guys could say whatever they wanted to is kind of nuts. Is he still like an old school coach? Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, maybe some would argue, maybe he softened up a little bit, but you know, to, if anybody were to come in, he'd be like, he, he means business for sure. When you get on that field, like there's, there's no fooling around. I mean, obviously anyways, but you know, we, you gotta be on your game. Like if we went over it once, you better get it right type deal. Um, and you know, he, he held us to a standard and he was, he was one of the main reasons we were the number one rush defense, you know, number one linebacker duo in the country. It's because of him, you know, what he instilled in us. Well, talking about that, that duo, I like you, to hear that Jimmy. Oh, sorry. Oh, I was going to say, like talking about that duo, you, you and Jack seem to have like a mind meld on the field. Like you guys seem to be able to know exactly what the other person is going to do without even like saying anything. Like, does that come from just like, so like playing together for so long or what, what do you think makes that you and Jack such a good tandem? Um, you know, it's just every, every single day, every single practice, every single rep we're talking through, like, you know, if we actually stay, step on it, one of our, you know, our feet one time, like, Hey, what are you doing there? Like, why are you doing this? Like we're talking like every time we get a rest break in between periods and stuff, we're like, Hey, what'd you see there? Like, what are you, you going to do on this? And, you know, sometimes one of us is like, you know what, screw it. I'm going to go do this. So you got to be there for me on that. So it's like, we work together and we get so used to each other. Next, we've got Monty Ball sharing his experience of going out on the town with Russell Wilson. But again, let me, let me, let me, let me share this quick story about Russell yeah, guys. Please. So, just kind of finish it up with Russ. Uh, again, Russell, on and off the field, he's a guy that, I mean, you'd want your daughter to marry, a guy that you'd want your kids to to idolize. I mean, this guy is, by the book, to the T, a, a great human being. Um, and so we won a game. And uh, Bernie, you're familiar with where's the place that we go to at around 1230 at night, the last yep. stop of the night, the, uh, that bar. And, um, it's just two letters. This bar just has two, it, it, it's, it's two words, but people just refer to it as two letters. And it's the same letter. Let me just say that, but long story short, he walks in, right. And you guys are familiar with this bar. It's there's spills everywhere. It's, it's the last stop of the night. <laughs> Russ comes in with a Burberry scarf, Burberry shoes on. <laughs> yeah i mean just dressed down and you know this is that bar where you're in your worst pair of shoes yep your your back is sweaty yep. <laughs> just from bar hopping i'm like russ man and this was like one of the first times he's ever gone out he really i think i only seen him out for that entire year maybe four times yeah maybe four so this is one of the first times he's ever stepped foot out into the party atmosphere in madison he walks in. I'm like, bro, you do not want to be wearing that. No. You do not want to be wearing that in here. No one, <laughs> and obviously, people in here know too that you were drafted by the Rockies, so you got some yeah. money and and all that. Yeah. I was like, you don't want to wear that in here. And not 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 for the sake of if is if it's gonna get no, violent, it's gonna get destroyed. It's gonna get destroyed. <laughs> Just gonna get spills of beer on it. People are gonna knock into you, and your shoes are gonna look completely different once you leave. And it was funny. So he was like, really? I was like, bro you do not want to be wearing that in here. <laughs> and about 20 minutes later, he was just gone. I was like, yeah, <laughs> Dude, this is not wear, the bar. I, I would wear my Timberlands in there and they would be destroyed by the end of the night. <laughs> you ever go in the bathroom in that place? It's, it's like, well, it, they redid it. So it's a little bit nice, not really that much nicer. Oof. And there's some people in there who are, have, have went too far. I've been there exactly. a few times, but they've, they, <laughs> the place is gross. Um, but I love it, but it's really, you can't wear nice clothes to any, I would say any bar in Madison. Cause people are going to step on your shoes. It's packed. Yeah. It's, and that's yeah. The, 
Yeah, that's the thing I wanted to share that because again, Russell was this I'm coming to Madison to play football to win a championship, yeah. period. Yeah. But obviously in the time we won a game and he was like, I'll step out for a bit. So you get this innocent guy, <laughs> right? You know, we're we're so used to the bars here in Madison and everything. Yeah. We're we're like, okay, we know where to go, we know what time to be where. So he had no idea, just completely oblivious to us to it all. So it was just awesome just to see him like. Yeah, dude, you don't want to, you don't want to be wearing them here. <laughs> like, if, if you like if you like those clothes and if you want to wear them again, could they you, could they smoke in the bars when you were in college? No, nope, no, so they did not allow that. I think my first two or three years, you could still smoke in the bar. Maybe yeah, it's that, my that, that that ended, Matt. I think when you were when you were a junior, I was a freshman, and that was the last year. You could smoke that would be in the bar. Brutal. No. It was the worst. Ooh. It was it was Ooh. the worst. It was absolutely the worst. You you'd wear and you your clothes smelled like cigarettes and oh bar. your hair. Yeah. Well, I mean oh. everything. <laughs> Every, <laughs> and, and you couldn't wash it out, man. You couldn't it wash gross. it out. Right. You know, especially especially in like the commercial washers that you had down at McLean Center. Like they didn't get like, they didn't even get like the sweat smell out of it, much less, much less like cigarette smell. So yeah, nicotine has a very potent, strong smell to it. Yeah, I I was, Ooh, ooh, I would not have liked that. Maybe that would have helped out my trajectory of, of, uh, (laughs) of uh, staying away from alcohol if they did smoke in the bars. Cause I'd have been like, "Mm -mm, I'm not going. Well, that, that's what shocked me. One, one of the biggest things that shocked me when I came in as a freshman, because I mean, so I was on the track team when I was a freshman, when I was a freshman. What? And what shocked me was how many people dipped. Like I mm. was blown away by the amount of athletes that I interacted with who dipped. <laughs> that to me, that was, I was just like, and I'm from like rural New Hampshire where there's okay. a fair amount of people who do. But even then, like, it wasn't like most of the athletes that I was, you know, that I was with. And then I, I got to Wisconsin, and I and I and I vividly remember it was my it was my first track pa- practice, and we had uh, and we had you know a couple of sprinters there who were really good, and mm. we had you know a couple like jumpers and stuff like that. And there's this guy, this tall skinny kid who is an all American high jumper. The second we are done with practice, he t- packs an entire horseshoe <laughs> in his mouth, and I'm like, what on earth is happening right now? Like. I'm like he got this like he's got a log of grizzly in his locker and I was just like oh my what like what world am I you know I am like this like baby face kid 18 years old come and think I'm gonna be an all-american hammer thrower and I'm just like what have I gotten myself into oh my god! I'm not gonna lie it's the same for me I showed up and I'm like what are these people doing one, they're so much bigger than me. I was like, what are these mammoth? Yes. Right. They're yes. putting, I'm like, I'm chewing tobacco. And they're like, it's not chewing tobacco. And I'm like, well, what is it? They're like, it's dip. Right. Like, oh, my bad. I didn't know the difference. Cause I never, <laughs> so I'll tell you, I don't think I've ever told many people this. Um, my freshman year we're at the Holy name, which is the, um, where we had football camp, the the seminary. Oh, yes, yes. Owen Daniels is a freshman. We're together. And and I was like, you know what? I, you know what? I broke down. I'm like, let me see what the hype's about. Threw a dip in. I didn't know it got you, like, kind of twisted. Mm-hmm. I'm, I've, I'm, had, I've had a few. Yeah, I'm spinning it yeah. out. And I take it out. I throw it away. And I'm like, oh, man, I feel terrible right now. Mm. I take a shower. It's like 10 o'clock at night. I take a shower. I'm throwing up in the shower. And then I go, and then the next day I felt like I was hungover. And you know, at camp, I was a freshman, so I wasn't really doing much. But there's nothing worse than going to practice with a headache already from not hitting, which, and then I was like, brutal. OD, man, you okay? He's like, no. (laughs) I'm like, I'm never, ever going to dip again. He's like, I I don't think we ever dipped. You know, once they came out with the pouch, like sometimes I throw a pouch in just to like reaffirm how much I hated it. It's like for me eating a cherry. I'm like, nope, it's been five years. I'm not going to oh. do another five years. I'm not coming back. I haven't done it. In, it's got to be over 15 years. But when I did it the second or third time, I was like, I'm never coming back. I'm never revisiting. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like we got very, we have a very similar story because same. <laughs> a couple of the guys were doing it uh, around my j- sophomore and junior year. And I was like, it was the pouches. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, why not? Let me see. Let me see what the hype is about. 
that night, man, I think I had at up up until that point one of the worst nights of my life because I was it was just coming out of both ends. Yeah, both <laughs> both, both ends. Okay, and, and, I, and, and I had a little alcohol, and I had alcohol in my system too. So now I'm puking up a little bit of tobacco, puking up a little bit of alcohol taste, and and, and probably had some chili fries as well, or something, something you know, <laughs> like that. And then the other end is same stuff, and I'm like, this is not. How are you guys? What did I do it wrong? <laughs> yeah, and, like, and, and they did it every four, five, ten times a day. I'm, yeah, I, not for absolutely. me. Absolutely. Throw it in at six in the morning. Finally, we've got life advice from Brandon White, CEO of Receiver Factory. Okay, next question. Uh, young receivers listening to the show, one piece of advice for a high school receiver who's aspiring to play D1 ball. What's one piece of advice you would give them? And this is just on anything. Yeah. It could be technique, so it could be mentality, it could be whatever. Well, man, if I can only sit a dude down, man. You guys got to understand, it ain't got nothing to do about football. I got to say, hey, man, hey, young man, hey, young man, hey, hey, young man, no matter what's going on here, will you leave the room, young man? You want the people to maybe say three things. You want to say, hey, man, hey, I don't know, but when I saw that dude, he was glowing. I don't know. Uh, it looked like he had a glow to him. What I mean, and I'm, I'm getting to something when I say this. I say, also, I don't think the dude said much. Now nah, he didn't say nothing. He was just kind of floating through the room. Matter of fact, the third thing, I don't even think that dude walked in the room. I think he was floating everywhere. What I mean is be the best version of yourself, boy. Clean yourself up. Never have a ne- negative comment they can say about you. You never even open your mouth about nothing. You clean everything about you up and you walk around like that. So when you leave the room, they say, hey, boy, he was floating. Hey, boy, he was glowing. And I can't say nothing about him because he didn't give me anything. So it got nothing to do with football, but it got to you being the best possible version of you. And that's what I want to talk to a young man about. And you make sure when you leave the room, they, they your nickname is Fiji. And that boy was like water. He was clean. He was clean. And that's <laughs> it. You be that guy in life. And you go be that guy, the best version. So I would probably tap into something like that. And I probably don't answer your question. But yeah, I'm going to grab a young man, a young bull who don't know what he's walking into. I'm going to say, hey, clean yourself up first, boy. Before you clean everything up out here, clean yourself up. Water. You need to go and, and, and just be a speaker and write a book. Don't, Bro, you that's what just, they, they, the they, you know, they want me to speak, Bernie. They keep saying that I'm going to be a preacher and a speaker. I keep saying, hey, I ain't ready for that now. But you you're going to be great at it, dude. You're going to be that's awesome. What I want. We want Fiji, though. We want Fiji. We want that guy, but clean yourself up. Well, you know what's funny about that is I think back to our days, which is a long time ago, and I think nothing bad about you at all. So ain't that weird? Ain't that kind of weird, right? Like, but it's good. You got to think about it because I think nothing bad about you, right? So yeah. something happened where we were close to Fiji. Yeah. Well, there were when dudes we back to each other. Even dudes that I'm that I love to this day, you still think back. And you you're can like, think of some bad stuff. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't full Fiji yet. It wasn't fully Fiji. Well, what, what, what if we had a team full of Fijis out there? Yeah. They didn't have any fears. They didn't have any anxieties. They didn't have any worries. They didn't have any. They did the right thing and was ready for the job. Well, that's cool, boy. So as a recruiting coach, it can start by coach by coach. Okay, I'm gonna make my room Fiji. Do you make your room Fiji? <laughs> I'm make that room Fiji. All of a sudden, the whole team, damn, Aquafina. You know what I mean? They're going to start with a big-ass agenda. Hey, yeah. let me grab this dude and clean this dude up. Yeah. Let me grab this dude and clean this one up. So, you know go, building off of that, what 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 dude that you played with at Wisconsin was the most Fiji? Ooh. Besides Bernie, hey, obviously. Be hey, it got to be John Tordo, right, Bernie? I mean, it, it, I was thinking... You can't you say nothing about John Tordo, can you? You can say no, John Tordo was the nicest dude. He did he he was a preacher. He didn't he go to the bars. On the team. Yeah, he didn't go to the bars. He everything he did now, was just off the top of my head. So Bernie, who was your Fiji? I just threw something out there for like, oh yeah, that guy was pretty clean. <laughs> I mean, Jo was probably would be on my list because he really yeah. was was super kind to everyone, and he never went to the bars. He never drank. He never did. He never talked about women in a disrespect. Like he never really did anything that was negative. At all. And he actually prayed for us. He actually helped Bible study for us. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, Matt, it, Matt I'm gonna say I'm gonna say J O. 
I, I think I, I have to go J.O. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, I, I think it's something him. that we all should strive for, right? Like, this for is sure. the cleaner version of ourselves. I was reading that uh, uh, that uh, that uh, Live Like a Monk book the other day. Yeah. And one of the things that stuck with me is that three C's they talk about. The three C's that they say that's like really brings negativity and it's complaining, comparing, or criticizing. So I watch anyone who's doing one of those three, or I watch when I'm doing those three. And those three start changing stuff up. Like you don't compare what you were doing and what they should have did. How did. You don't criticize and you don't complain. You just don't let it roll off your lips. If you can stay in the three C's, right, then you cleaner already. Like I just don't get caught up in. I never heard him complain. I never heard him criticize. He don't compare. He chill. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's those type of thoughts and it's those type of mindsets that can turn your whole team into Fiji. But it's like real, boy. You got to have a real movement and a real situation. It's real coming through. This ain't no a new job. It is real. Okay, I'm I'm titling yeah, this podcast "Getting to Fiji" because that I, I think that's what we're all trying to attain at this point I, in life, right? Yeah, you know, I like nobody like, can tell yeah. me like just be the best version of you. I don't. I ain't saying be me or be him. I'm just saying it be the healthiest version of you. Be like the most like willpower version of you being the most positive version of you be the most optimistic version of you be the guy who doesn't do three c's of you that's it wait be the best of you boy thanks for listening we'll be back next week and until next time on wisconsin thanks for listening to the believe in badger football podcast on the believe podcast network presented by betonline.ag if you like what you hear Please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Believe in Badgers. That's B-L-E-A-V in Badgers. Also, make sure to check out our YouTube page for full videos of our podcasts. The show is produced by Matt Perkins and Matt Bernstein with audio editing and mixing by Matt Perkins. Our theme music is by Matt Blaustein. Thanks again for listening and on Wisconsin. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.